This is the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brinda. Hi everybody, Greg Brinda here, and welcome to another edition of Dean's Dissertation. We have, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, have gone through the worst with the cold weather as things are starting to warm up a little bit downright tropical 40 degree temperatures here in northeast ohio that's right i'm not lying 40 degrees after it was well it felt like 40 below last week that's how bad it was and things are warming up of course the cavaliers are uh in the middle of their season guess what folks we are about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, one month away before the Indians get ready for another season. And hopefully the outcome will be a lot better than last year. As I've tweeted and I have said before, I still will remain mad at the Indians until next October. That was hard to get over with. Um, It's still hard. Um, I know this is a new year. But the Indians had so much going for, for themselves last year. And then to see it end like it ended against the New York Yankees. Oh. The more I think about it, the more depressed I get. So I'm just kind of sitting here going, I, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not think about. FanFest, by the way, is coming to the convention center in a couple of weeks. One day event, Saturday, um, at the end of the month. Be a good time to to get your baseball blood flowing, because uh, after that event, like I said, it'll only be a couple weeks, and the the Indians will be reporting to Arizona. And um, you know, the one thing about spring training is, no matter how bad the previous season was, and you know, folks, we here in Cleveland have seen a lot of good with the Indians of late, but we've also seen a lot of bad. If you're as old as I am. I kind of grew up with a lot of bad and we couldn't wait until the winter. And then we couldn't wait until things got started again in February and March. And at least for a limited period of time, you had that, you had a a reason of hope. You had a feeling of hope. And um, at least uh, that's what spring is. Hope, baseball, warm weather around the corner and make, making hopefully for some great summer days and summer nights at Progressive Field. The Browns, meanwhile, are in their off-season mode. And um, I got to tell you, it's one thing kind of looking at it from, uh, from afar a bit, which I've had over the last few years, because over the last few years, my job was to basically talk about the Indians and the Cavs and golf. Well, the Indians have been really good. The Cavaliers have been really good, and there's nothing bad about golf, <laughs> ever. There's really nothing ever bad about golf. So I've had the best of all worlds. I've really I've really enjoyed it, and I've only had to uh, talk about the Browns on the periphery. I mean, and that to me was a win-win situation. For me, I love win-win situations. There's nothing like win-win situations. And I'm sitting here today going, here we are, second week of January, and we are still over four months away, which is hard. I mean, thing, I mean, that that February, March, April, end of April, we're almost four months away. 
from the Browns deciding who's going to be maybe their next quarterback, maybe finding their savior. That's how far away we are. Months. When the NFL draft commences, the NBA playoffs will be going on. Baseball, because it's starting even earlier this year, at the end of March, will literally be a month old. Think about that. Major League Baseball, the 2018 season, will be almost a month old. And we are going to be in the full-blown NBA playoff mode. Before, before, before the NFL draft. And for the next four months, for the next four months, January to February, February to March, March to April, and at the end of April, you are, not me, Maybe I'll be doing it on a very limited basis, very, very, very limited, but you are going to be debating four guys every day, 24-7. The Joshes, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. Y'all be going to YouTube. You all become NFL draft experts. You're all going to have your individual take. And you know what? The uniqueness of those takes probably ended a week ago. Yep, probably ended a week ago. What, you're going, what, 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 Greg? Yeah, yeah, guess what? I don't care how much video you watch, and I know many of you will be glued to the NFL Combine for whatever that means. Means that you have no life. And you like people walk, uh, you know, running in their shorts and and other people looking at them with stopwatches. And you're all going to become draft experts. And you're all going to have your opinion on, well, Greg, I think it's Josh Allen. Oh, no, Greg, I think it's Josh Rosen. Oh, no, Greg, I think it's Baker Mayfield. No, Greg, I think it's uh, Sam Darnold. And we're going to hear that over and over and over and over again. No unique takes. There are going to be many of you, because I guess you have no life, are going to be calling every talk show on every radio station every day with the same take. Nothing will change. You think... Of two things. One, that people must want to hear your take. And two, you want to hear yourself. I can't think of any other reason that you either either want to hear your own take over and over and over and over again. Or you think, man, people are dying to hear what I got to say, and I got to make sure I call every talk show on every radio station that they know where I'm coming from because I got the right answer. And ultimately, you know what's going to happen, folks. On that fateful day in late April, the Browns will make a decision. Barring some... And, and I truly believe they're going to go and get a veteran quarterback somewhere, somehow. 
I mean, it's if if they don't, then they're then they're freaking crazy. All right. And we all know who those names are out there. Some may find the Brown situation interesting. Some may not. So the Browns will get, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, Alex Smith. And they still have Deshaun Kaiser, and they will draft one of these guys. They will draft either Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. And like what has happened literally every year, every year, and this year it's going to be even more fun because you got four legitimate choices. Now, some may be more legitimate than others. You out there with your unique takes are going to, you know, they're all going to decide what that is. When the Browns finally pick that guy, whomever it is, one of the Joshes or Baker or Sam, about three quarters of you won't like the pick. Why? Because they didn't pick your guy. But Greg, how in the world did they pick Sam Darnold? I love Baker Mayfield. They suck. They're going to have a bad year again. What, Greg, they picked Josh uh, They picked Josh Rosen? Josh Allen was the best guy. You know, I watched 18 hours of YouTube tape. I got all of his games. I watched it incessantly. Okay. That will be the next argument. It will be hilarious, but it'll be true. And nothing will change. That argument has occurred every year. And it will continue to occur. It will, it, will, it will be hilarious. It will be sad. It will be many things, folks. It really will be many things. But what it will be is redundant. Because all those discussions we've had in the past... This time, though, if you think Brown's fandom has um, been divided to this point, you ain't seen nothing yet. This will be the coup de grace of dividing a fan base, especially with their guy, your guy, not being the guy that the Browns pick. And if the Browns pick the guy, you, oh, my God, I think, Greg, they finally got it right. We're gonna get, uh, we're gonna get, uh, you know, from under that 0 and 16 blanket. We really are. Okay. Good luck to that. Good luck to that. We'll see. You know, a lot has been made of uh, Jimmy Haslam's ownership, and we know how terrible it's been. I mean, it really has been terrible. It's really been embarrassing, shameful. You can put literally every bad adjective you want to put, and it would all be true. It would all be correct. But Jimmy Haslam just didn't divide and conquer and take over the Browns. Somebody had to sell him the Browns. Yeah. Jimmy just didn't say, okay, I want the Browns. Here I am. Give me the Browns. I was a a minority owner for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and now it's my turn. I got a lot of money. I'm a billionaire. 
I want an NFL team. I want to go into that uh, that elite secret society of NFL owners and be the guy. No, somebody had to sell him the Cleveland Browns. That somebody was Randy Lerner, folks. Now, many of you, because I've heard it, I've argued it, I've fought it, felt sorry for Randy. You know, in 2002, his dad, Al Lerner, passed away. And a lot of people think that had Al Lerner lived, the Browns would have been much better off than they are today. Maybe. I think um, one thing that would have been certain is that uh, Al Lerner would have still owned the Cleveland Browns. What the record would have been, where they would have ended up, would they have made the playoffs? Could the Browns have gone to the Super Bowl? You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Hard to know. You can only assume, you can suspect, you can um, have an opinion. There's no opinion that's right or wrong because it is a complete unknown with really no, with really nothing to verify it. Really, absolutely nothing at all to verify it. But in 2002, when Al Lerner passed away, the Browns finished at 9-7 and seven and actually made the postseason. Al passed away in October, and the Browns seemed to have, seemed to have had a, a, a good base. Seems. But again, um, you know, you don't know if Butch Davis, I mean, Butch Davis was a control freak, would have, would have uh, Al Lerner been able to, um, and Carmen Policy, would they have been able to take that ego and pat it down a little bit? Maybe, maybe. Because those were two strong men, and I think they probably would have had a fighting chance to do it. Butch Davis still is the Browns' best coach ever. Or should I say since coming back in 1999. Now, I don't think he was a great um, picker of talent. He was a control freak. Um, Those are good and bad traits, depending on how you use them. But the Browns, it seemed, would have been in better hands going forward. But Al Lerner did pass away. And his son, Randy, who really didn't want the Browns and I'm not a big fan of. And again, I know a lot of you feel sorry for Randy because he had no choice. And he made a commitment to his dying father that he would keep the Browns supposedly for at least 10 years and try to make the best of it. Did he try? Yes. Did he know what he was doing? No. At all. He was clueless. Because if you look at the records after Al died, starting in 2003, the Browns went 5-11, and 4-12, 6-10, 4-12. In 2007, they had a 10-6 year, just, miss, just missing the postseason. Then it was back to four and twelve, and five and eleven, and five and eleven, and four and twelve. And then, in two thousand and twelve, Randy Lerner sold the team to you know who. In Randy's nine years of totally owning the Cleveland Browns, Randy Lerner's record was 47 and 97. 
50 games under 500. For that, think about that. And I know now is bad, and it's and the record's even worse, and the percentage is even worse. We, I know that. We get it. It's on full display. 0-16, oh, 1-15, 3-13. Those are, those are records that are embedded in Brown's history. Those are shameful records that will never get wiped away. That stain cannot be removed. It's, trying to, it's like trying to get blood out of a white shirt, and you can't do it. You know what you end up doing? You're throwing, you throw the shirt away. Can't wear a white shirt with blood on it. Well, the reality is you can't throw the Browns away, can you? You cannot throw the Browns away. But Randy Lerner's record was 47 and 97. Couldn't wait to get rid of the team. Hired. Now think about this. I want to put it all into perspective, folks. He hired Mike Holmgren at the end. Because he didn't know what to do. Mike Holmgren was a pretty damn good coach. Mike Holmgren was not a good front office executive, as we found out in Seattle. Yet, Randy Lerner thought, I got to hire Mike Holmgren. And gave Mike Holmgren the sweethearted deal of the sweethearted deal. Randy Lerner gave Mike Holmgren reportedly $50 million. $50 million! And what did Mike Holmgren do with that? Hired a couple of his buddies and then went and read books all day. Came to work late, went home early every day. And you know what the sad thing about it, folks, was? Uh, Randy Lerner never really called called them on it until the very end, until it was really too late. And all all hope was lost, and Randy was all Randy was looking for was the way to get out. And I gotta know. In the back of his mind, when he was getting out, it would also be the end of Holmgren. But Holmgren was going to go home with the greatest golden parachute in the history of life. $50 million to essentially do nothing. You know, the, uh, the uh, Oakland soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders are going to pay John Gruden $100 million over 10 years. $100 million over 10 years to coach their football team. Now, think about this. And again, John Gruden has gone to the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, but he's 5-4 and four in postseason records. John Gruden has had ups and John Gruden has had downs. John Gruden is kind of like a mythical character. He's been on ESPN Monday Night Football. All Browns fans would have wanted John Gruden in a heartbeat. They would have deemed him the savior. Apparently, the Oakland Raiders are deeming John Gruden the savior now, too. But think about this in monetary terms. The, the Raiders are paying John Gruden $100 million over 10 years. And Randy Lerner paid Mike Holmgren $50 million over five. That's just astounding. I hope, um, I hope Mike Holmgren sends Randy Lerner a great Christmas present every year. He deserves it. So Randy got out, probably sold it to the first guy who was inquiring about a football team. 
a guy who had a lot of money, a guy who was already a minority owner in an NFL team. I'm certainly that helped um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Haslam's resume. And lo and behold, he got the Browns. And you know where the Browns are right now. And it's pretty crazy. We can thank Randy Lerner for essentially having nine bad years or eight bad years of football and then selling it to Jimmy Haslam. Thank you, Randy. We'll forever be indebted to you. How wonderfully this has all worked out. And it's kind of funny here. The Browns are in their college quarterback drama with the fans as we speak. The NFL playoffs are in full bloom. And a great soap opera going on in New England. All the New England Patriots do is win 10 games every year. Go to Super Bowls, win Super Bowls. Have the greatest quarterback of all time, maybe the greatest coach now of all time. And now apparently they can't get along. (laughs) I have a simple solution, all right? Don't tell Bill Belichick what to do and don't tell Tom Brady what to do. Seems to work out pretty well, doesn't it? Maybe ego now is starting to get in the way. My God, if John, think about this, folks. If John Gruden can get $100 million for 10 years, how much is Bill Belichick worth? I would say half a franchise. I think any NFL owner that wants Bill Belichick to coach his team should give him half the, should give him half the value of the franchise. If John Gruden is worth $10 million a year, $100 million over 10 years, how much do you think Bill Belichick is worth? Yeah, maybe he'll coach the Browns someday. Nah, I don't think so. Now nah, that's that that's you know that's not gonna happen. Again, gonna be very interesting here to see what John Dorsey does. Is his hands tied? You know what? He may not be able to change the coach, but he might change just about everything else. And we'll see how Hugh Jackson responds to that. Well, you Browns fans who need to go look at some Josh Rosen tape or Josh Allen tape or Baker Mayfield tape or uh, whomever, good luck. Enjoy your winter. All right, we'll be back shortly with another edition of Dean's Dissertation. I know you can't comment on uh, this podcast, but certainly you can go to Twitter and po- and comment at Sir Franks and Bacon anytime, any place, 24-7. You can do it 24-7. You can ponder. You can think. You can, re- you can debate anything you want at Sir Franks and Bacon on Twitter. Subscribe to the Dean's Dissertation today.